All right, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Mr. Uh, David Box, would you lead us? Amen. All right, well, this morning, and I, I did this last year, and uh, Brother Dustin's going to be mad at me for not going back to Revelation, but that's okay. We'll hit it ground running next week, okay, brother? So make sure you, you don't miss next week. Um, I, want, I want to talk about New Year's resolutions. Now, we talked about this last year. Hopefully nobody remembers anything, so it'll be just like it's new to you. But what did you say? No? Okay, good. So turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3. We'll talk a little bit, read some scripture. <clears throat> New Year's resolutions. Now be honest. How many people in here have already made a New Year's resolution? Anybody? Nobody? That's standard independent Baptist. Just, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Well, okay. All right. Sure you don't. Um, nobody made one yet. Anybody planning on making one? You gave up on them? <laughs> That's probably best. <laughs> nobody planned on making a New Year's resolution? Who was? Donald? Oh, Donald was trying to make one for you? What was it? Take a shower more often? Oh, yeah. Eat, eat better. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Well, goals for yourself. Let me just change the wording and see if that changes things. How many people have made goals for yourself for, 20, for 2020? One hand? No. How many people plan on making goals for 2020? <laughs> uh, one, one, okay, a cu- couple. All right. Well, what comes to your mind when you think of a New Year's resolution? Just, you ain't got to tell me what some New Year's resolutions are. I mean, you can. We'll talk about that. But what, what comes to your mind? What's the first word or first thing that comes to your mind when you think about New Year's resolutions? Failure. <laughs> Which is probably why you don't make them. Who else? Pretty much That's pretty much it. <laughs> not, going not going through. Yeah. Change. Okay. Who else? Anybody? First thing that comes to your mind when you think about New Year's resolutions. Pretty much failure. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. What is a resolution? That's a pretty good definition. To resolve, to determine, to do or not do. Don't eat too much. Right? Or don't eat bad things, which that's almost impossible nowadays, but unless you're very rich because it costs a lot to eat, right? Ma'am? Hey, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. David says, That's just a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Hogwash. 
<laughs> Some of my Yankee friends don't know what that word means. But Yep, that's good. You're right. So, uh, Mr. David said, uh, how, "How did you define it? You said the word res- resolute. Uh, what to resolve? Yeah, yeah. So, what is resolve? Or to be resolute about something? What? Yeah. To determine. To have a fixed, fixed purpose." You're fixed on doing something, right? The problem is we're not resolute about anything. Nothing. I ain't just talking about godly things. I, we, we're, not, we're not resolute about anything. I mean, just think about it. How many times in your life have you set a goal, Johnny, made a resolution, that you're going to lose weight or exercise more. Those are, those, are, those are carnal things. Those are carnal things. Or how many, ta- how many times in your life have you determined that you're going to read your Bible more? You know, I read somewhere that of New Year's resolutions have already been dropped by February. (laughs) February. We can't even make it a month. What's wrong with us? And it's, you know, it's one thing about the body. But it's something else about the spirit. Body's important. Yes. February. Unbelievable. Hey, I'm sorry. I, hey, I, am, I am preaching to the choir. Wait, is that how it goes? <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all are the salt of the earth. But I'm also speaking to myself because I'm the same way. Same way. And so I'm like, y'all, I just decided I just don't want to do them anymore. Well, we'll talk about that. Thank you, Chris. You're setting me up for the history of New Year's resolutions. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, and I, actually, I thought not exactly that, but that's pretty much what I was thinking this morning in the prayer room. We were talking about different things, and uh, Hunter was praying for us, and he said something about Chris Wilburn here and how... He had been going through all he had been going through, still coming to church. Went through a death in his family, and he's, and he's at church the very next service. And that stands out, but that ought to be the norm. But it's not. Most people, when they go through hard times, push themselves away from church. Why? 
Why would you do that? I guess you could say it depends on what church you're going to. And I'm not lifting this up. I'm not even talking about it. I'm just saying, if you go to a church where they're, they don't encourage you, you do something wrong, they're all over you, they talk behind your back, well, I wouldn't want to do that either. But I wouldn't be going there in the first place. But this ought to be a place where you can find encouragement. And if you're going through hard times, you can come in here and you can build that reservoir back up and go out there and face the next couple of days. And come back in here in midweek service. Oh, midweek service. Yeah. Go back out there and face another couple of days. Do you, when you have to miss church, can you tell it? Oh, if you can't, you better check up. I can. One service, and this old flesh is already tearing me to pieces. One service. That's true. Much less two or three. And the longer you stay out, the easier it is to stay out. So don't get out. Keep coming. That's, that's good. Those things ought to be the norm, Brother Chris. <clears throat> but they're not. But they should be. Yeah. Yep. That's good, Miss Peggy. For the house of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for God's command to hear the word proclaimed, it's power. Oh, we don't Yeah. 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 Right. It should just be in you, if you're saved. But Billy Graham said years ago that 85% of people sitting on Baptist church pews are lost. That's just Baptist. And I don't know your heart, and I ain't pretending to. But I don't care about your history. You're here this morning. God has you here right now. What you do in the next five minutes, in the next 24 hours... In the next week is up to you. It ain't God's fault. It ain't your mom and daddy's fault. It's up to you. And it's up to me. Now the devil's going to fight you here and to the nail. But you ought to be like Brother Chris and never have to get up and preach this kind of stuff. And I ain't, I'm not a preacher. But even getting up for Sunday school, you have to fight to even get up here and get this out. And a lot of times you pay the price after it's over. But what we do is up to us. It's not our pastor's fault. It's not our mom and daddy's fault. It's up to us. So that, that, that resolution, and I don't like that either. 
I do like goals better. But even for goals, you're going to have to be resolute to do them and to stay with them. Why? Why is it so hard? Why? I say I want to read my Bible for an hour every day in 2020. Why is it that I ain't going to do it? some of it circumstances is it more or less likely for you to get and I ain't talking, I'm just talking about in general for you to get preoccupied if you go by yourself somewhere and read your bible or if you sit in the living room with all your family while they're watching tv and all, which one is more okay so a lot of that has to do with us too right but why why is it why is it so hard because this flesh wants the opposite. You remember Paul said, you can go read that and get all tongue-tied and, and everything. Read it slow. But Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I do. That's Paul. <laughs> Much less Jay Pruitt. This flesh is weak. This flesh does not want godly things. It does not. But what's living on inside of you does if you're saved. That's right. Yeah. And you know there's a story, and I don't remember exactly how it goes. Uh, somebody else could tell it better than me, but you know, missionary went to this tribe somewhere and the chief got saved, and he went back later, and the chief told him, somehow they got to talking, and he said, there's a, there's a war going on inside me. He said, that old, the, the, the white, white wolf's better than the black wolf, or something, something like that. And, and the, the missionary said, well, which one wins? And he said, the one I feed. So you might as well get ready. Your flesh is not going to want you to do better. It don't even want you to do better for itself. You get on the treadmill, <laughs> my flesh starts telling me to get off. <laughs> Much less spiritual things. So, you got to be resolute, even in the goals. The, and I'll go through this really quick. Um, you can look it up. You can Google it. Um, do you know, you know how to Google things? <laughs> That's an inside joke between me and Mr. David. He can't stand technology. <laughs> oh, he can't stand technology. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to get you an Apple watch for, for Christmas next year. <laughs> well, there you go. That's true. Probably couldn't run to Walmart in 20 minutes either, could you? <laughs> so 
the, these New Year's resolutions, it comes from, from what I can tell, it comes from the Babylonians. And it is a, it's a heathen practice. Most of what we observe, most of the things we observe nowadays, they do come from heathen things. I mean, I know people that won't celebrate Christmas. Well, they ain't got to celebrate Christmas if they don't want to. But I'm going to. So they would, they would, you know, to get ready for their new year, which wasn't in January. That's when, that's when uh, Judas Caesar started tinkering with the, the calendar. But um, their crops were planted. They'd have this religious festival, and uh, they would make promises to their gods to pay debts and repay things they owed and give back things they had, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, in return for favor from their gods that their crops would grow and produce and think how how crazy is that then the romans did the same thing they had all these guys they worshiped they believed they looked in the past and saw what you could do it affected you know it it's it's crazy but for early christians um john wesley anybody know who john wesley was who was he? I had ten people say, uh-huh, and nobody wants to answer me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. So he created what we call today as watch night services. And that's how it started, from what I can tell, by Googling it. For Christians. I wasn't there. But I can go read about it. <laughs> it's on the internet it's got to be true so anyway um, it's a mostly secular practice and like I said most, most of you independent fundamental Bible believing Baptists don't believe in New Year's resolutions those same people at the beginning of the year make goals for themselves. <laughs> sounds like the same thing to me <laughs> it's totally different <laughs> So, what are some, what do you think, what are some of the most common New Year's resolutions? Lose weight. Eat healthier slash lose weight. Big one. What else? Exercise more. What else? Hmm? Get out of debt. (laughs) Money to fall from the sky so you can get out of debt. What else? Yes, doing better in your career. Anything else? Let me think of. We just named four things. Those are the by far, except for the debt one. That 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 save more money and stuff's there. So about the same thing, maybe. Those are by far the top four. By far. How many of those things feed your spiritual life? Not a one of them. Sure it is. It's very superficial. Very superficial. What Paul say about bodily exercise? Probably as little. Not none. <laughs> it does profit. <laughs> little in regard to 
in regard, in, in regard to your growth and walk with the Lord? Yeah. And you know, I think about Miss Peggy talking and some things I've heard Mr. Box say and others. Your your focus kind of changes the older you get. And instead of dismissing these people, we'd do good to listen. Because they've been where we are. I remember it was a Southern Baptist commercial. But I remember a commercial, it's been years ago, and I don't remember exactly how it went, but it went through the phases of life. It showed a kid in the floor, in the pew, playing with toy cars. It showed a, a, a teenager, you know, doing the stretch and putting his arm around his girlfriend. That's what they're focused on. It showed uh, an older man with his, evidently his family sitting beside him looking at his watch. He needed to get out and get stuff done, work or whatever. And it showed an old man sitting on the front row saying amen, listening to the preacher. <laughs> Your focus changes just how it is. But we do good to listen to this kind of stuff. right that's right but you know the thing about it is you know our American culture is just so fickle um, Misty, Misty can probably testify to this we take our elderly and we set them we don't want, we don't want nothing to do with them even those that changed our diapers when we was a baby when we couldn't feed ourselves fed us a lot of people, believe it or not, their parents, grandparents get older. They don't want none of that responsibility. No, am I right? Yeah. So we don't listen. Because it might interfere with our work. Yeah. Other physical things we want to do. So, um, I done lost my place. <laughs> Let's look at this example here. This is not an example of a New Year's resolution. But it's one of the best examples that I know of in the Bible of being resolute. And you could go to Daniel. He prayed every day. Opened his windows toward Jerusalem and prayed. And they made that decree. You do that, you're going in the den of lions. He did it anyway. No, sir. Wow. That's something. Most of those drawings and pictures have him as a young man. Yeah. But this is, this is one of the best ones I know of, and we've got, we ain't got choir, so 
Too bad for y'all. We've got a couple extra minutes. <laughs> so, so we can read this. So we just going to read it. Look at Daniel 3, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold. Now, again, we've been talking about Revelation. This is a precursor to what's going to happen down the road, by the way. The Antichrist setting up that image of gold. We've already talked about that. But, but here Nebuchadnezzar makes one. Whose height was three score cubits. And the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura. In the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces. All the important people. To come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Who set up the image? Nebuchadnezzar. We're told that five times. Then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages hmm, fell down and worshipped, the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. You've got all these important people. You've got the king. You've got all the rulers and everybody. What are you going to do as a lowly peasant? All the rulers are going to bow to this thing. They've got that burning fiery furnace set up right there. Probably when they told them, if you don't worship it, you're going to be cast into it. They revved it up a little bit hotter. What are you going to do? Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man shall hear the sound, that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? He's going to give them a chance to compromise here. I'm going to give you, I'm going, it must have been a mistake. I'm going to give you another chance. Verse 15. Now, if you be ready, 
that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. What'd they say? What'd they say? They said, look, God can deliver us out of here. And we're going to be delivered, by the way. He can deliver us out of that. But if he don't, we ain't bowing. That's what they said. You tell me a better example of being resolute. If we would have that kind of backbone, oh my goodness, we set the world on fire. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound, into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. You know, most Bible versions don't say the Son of God. They say a Son of the Gods. My Bible says it's like the Son of God. He knew him when he saw him. <laughs> then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, I can't even crank my lawnmower without it having a smell on me. These guys fell into the midst of a burning fiery furnace and didn't even come out smelling like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake, this is verse 28, and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word. 
and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own. Therefore, can you make a difference in the world in which you live? Most people say ain't going to do it because it ain't going to make no difference. One person can't make a difference. These guys made a difference. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now that's being resolute. Probably my favorite account in the Bible. I wish I could be like that. I wish I could. Truth is, I'm not. I don't know about all that. There was persecution. But I can tell you, in that circumstance, absolutely. How many times have you been standing there and somebody threatened to throw you in the fiery furnace? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> soft. We're soft. Snowflakes. So as you think about making a New Year's resolution... <laughs> Just make a goal, right, Johnny? And don't promise God you're going to do it if you ain't going to do it. The Bible says it's better not to make those type of promises than to make them and not do it. But we ought to try, shouldn't we? Yeah, shouldn't I try to be better? Just because I don't think I can do it, does that mean I don't even try? This means yes, this means no. Should we try? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Something going on in your life you shouldn't be doing? Ask somebody to keep you accountable. Boy, that is a scary thing. You don't want anybody in your business nowadays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and we can get out of anything, and we do. And I ain't saying I do all this, but I'm just saying we say, I'm quitting Facebook. I don't even have Facebook. Sometimes I look at Andrus. You called me out last time. I appreciate that, Misty. But I don't have an account. But I've heard about people quitting Facebook before. Guess what? Or at a month later, they're back on it. We can find a way out of anything. I, 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 don't need to go, I, I don't need to go witness to my neighbors. God ain't opened the door. Well, I believe in that, but sometimes God opens the door and we don't step through it. Jesus, others, and you? Mm-hmm. That's right. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you one I like. I don't have to share the gospel with them. I'm just going to live a good life in front of them. Boy, <laughs> that is a cop-out. That's what that is. And I do it too. So y'all pray for me. Pray for me. I need your prayers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does take courage. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Positions of power make a difference. But it takes courage. I mean, it takes courage even to do it to somebody in your own family. So you pray for me, I'll pray for you. We can all strive to do better. We all can. How many people in here are perfect? Even if you think you are, you ain't going to raise your hand. Are perfect. Put your hand down. <laughs> you didn't see her, but she went, how many people do what? And I was like, put your, put your hand back now. <laughs> All right, we got to dismiss. Thank you all for your attention this morning. Chris Wilburn, dismiss.